0: Welcome back to the Decaf Recap. I'm your host, Lucas Velastos, and today I have a new guest. His name is Marcus. Marcus, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm glad you're here. And today we have a special topic, since it is close to Halloween. We're talking about The Crow, one of the more interesting 90s movies for the superhero genre and the comic book genre in a lot of
1: ways. So, Marcus, what do you think of the movie The Crow. Um, I would put into one word And that's going to be depressing I can understand that It is definitely a depressing
0: movie It's got a certain type of vibe that it's going for And it's really interesting Because I consider it like The best of the 90's movies Going out in the streets And fighting the worst of the 90's yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> as, as tough as this subject material is For a plethora of reasons And we'll get into that later the, the story and, like, how it's it's editing is very unique. Um, and just an overall uh, overview for, like, the story for people who don't know about the Crow. Basically, a dude in, uh, is about to marry his wife on, like, the, the dawn of Halloween. But they're attacked. Both die in tragic, terri- terrifying deaths. And then it's explained in this monologue that... Uh, uh, spirit animals Such as the crow Actually Take people Into the afterlife But every now and then Is something that happens So tragically That the crow Would actually Bring someone back to life To exact vengeance On the people Who did them wrong And in this case It's done by Our protagonist Is called uh, Eric Draven And is played by Brandon Lee His last movie We'll get into that More later And he Is the first adaptation Of the crow uh, Now for many of those Who don't know It's a It's also a comic and you've read the comic, Marcus, right? Yes,
1: yes, I have. And what did you think of the comic? Like, is it as depressing, or...? <laughs> oh, I think the comic is a whole lot more depressing than, you know, the movie. I feel like the movie kind of was... There, there was limits to what they were able to put on really? the screen. But, um, but, yeah, I feel like it's a whole lot more depressing.
0: Because I just watched the movie, and I found it incredibly dark. Yes. Both with a visually and just, like, uh, with with subject matter. Like, you have just a plethora and like, weird, um, I don't know, uh, edgy boy gangsters <laughs> who are literally drinking shots while swallowing bullets. Yeah. That's the introduction to, like, just these terrifying people. <laughs> and by no means are, like... They're supposed to be glorified. Like, they're just showing that as, like, them being crazy. Yeah. So how is the comic darker than, like, that? Because those guys are just, like, the worst of the worst.
1: Well, like, in the comic, it goes more into, like, the whole psyche psyche of Eric. You know, how he's dealing with, you know, being brought back. Realizing that, oh, my God, you know, his, Shelly, his wife, you know, is gone. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, more in that... You know, being alone type depressing, you know, feel. Um, right. And there's, you know, James Opa R., you know, the writer. He, um, he even, like, wrote this because of his uh, girlfriend. I think he was in a being... I think they were engaged.
0: Right, and, right. And, and
1: she died in a, a hit and run. So, uh, you know, this was this whole story is just a way of him coping with with that. And, you know, it really does show... When, the whole graphic or the comic,
0: right? And and that's something that I found incredibly interesting when I heard about that. That the story itself, the comic itself, is a um, a take on a, just a man grieving over the the, the loss of his fiance, mm-hmm. and so it just goes into like this heavy subject, and it's just him dealing with like you know that grief, that sadness, that rage in the comic book form, yeah. which then gets all too real when they create. The movie adaptation because Brandon Lee, the star for uh, The Crow, ends up dying in the, uh, in the middle of production because of um, a, a blank round ended up mm. shooting um, accidental uh, shrapnel that ended up becoming yeah. fatal. Mm-hmm. So you have a meta-commentary in the comic book form on death, on grief that is then ad- uh, made into an adaptation on the big screen which then... Goes from like, you know, the meta uh, realm to literal reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just affects like, you know, a a lot of people. I mean, Brandon Lee, son of Bruce Lee, Mm -hmm. was following in his father's footsteps as far as uh, an acting career, as far as being one of those dudes who does his own stunts. Action star. Big action star, (laughs) a 90s action star. But all that was, was just like, you know, cut short. Because of the production of this movie mm-hmm. Now they had enough to finish the film But there were like a lot of other things I think from the comic That they would have uh, adapted into the story Or at least more for like a franchise mm-hmm. If one, they hadn't lost their um, their the big star,
1: star.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And just like Because of that, like Okay, they, they had this And maybe that's maybe the limitation On um, the story's continuity As far as how dark it gets
1: mm-hmm.
0: But, oh my goodness It's, it's interesting um, all of it, but there's one one thing I'm curious about in the comic. Is it shown more visually how Eric starts to realize that uh, not one that he's come back to life, but two that his wife is dead, or is it shown
1: more of a monologue? Because when I was well, it, in the comic, it was um, they actually show him like in that like transcendence to becoming, like coming back, it, like. Mm. Like, they show him talking to the crow, you know, it's kind of like a spirit talking to him. And he's like, you know, where am I? You know, he's kind of just like okay. freaking out. And um, I know, and the deaths are they're a whole lot different. They changed it, you know, because in the movie, it's in their apartment. Yeah. And in the comic, they were actually on the highway and their car broke down. Mm-hmm. And that's when you see T Bird or T Bird's gang just pop out of nowhere and then just fucking kill him. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay. Yeah, and like, he witnesses it. Like, he gets actually shot first in the head, but he's still, like, you know, he's still alive. Right, like... And he's just seen them, like, fucking kill Shelly, so it's just, like, you know, worse, a whole lot worse than the, the comic.
0: I get that. Okay. Because one thing that I noticed in the um, in the movie, from what, I, from what I can tell from the adaptation, the moment they bring back uh, Eric Draven mm. as the crow, the moment, like, he's, you know, crawling out of his own grave... Mm. He doesn't say a word. Like, he's he's grunting, he's panicking, but there's no dialogue or narrative. Mm-hmm. It's all visual storytelling where yeah. he sees the crow. The crow is, like, leading him. It's following him, and then he starts following the crow. Yeah. And that leads him back to his apartment. You start to realize it's a little bit uh, choppy at times between him touching objects and then him uh, getting, like, the memories from those objects. Yeah. He has, like, that psychic feel.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that might just be because of the 90s. Um, those, like, type of quick cuts was a thing in the 90s. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> but what I find interesting about it is, like, just you've got this solid 10 minutes of just the crow realizing what he has to do. Mm-hmm. And it's all done, not through, like, a, a monologue, but just, like, visual storytelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I can see, like, how that's different. And that's partly just due to the style or adaptation. Yeah. But I don't know. I found, I found that interesting because you don't see that in a lot of, like, comic book movies mm-hmm. or anything like that. And then it goes... And then he just goes straight to the killing spree. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I gotta find these dudes, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's just... That, that's another thing, like... The style... The, the two styles between, like, the comic and the movie. The movie definitely goes for a sense where, you know, it's... Uh, a bigger budget because they have a, uh, a star who can do the stunts. Mm-hmm. So they're throwing people around, has this huge atmospheric feel of just a, a city on the brink of destruction. Um... Detroit. but detroit <laughs> their their version of detroit is very scary <laughs> scary detroit but then uh, in in the comic in the comic do you see that same um i wouldn't say glorification um but just like uh, attention to violence in the comic
1: yeah there's um like when he when, when he meets like all you know the guys that, the, the whole gang you know you get you get a sense of who they are just you know maybe one or two panels you know mm-hmm. And you know, even the cop—that one cop that helps him out—you Yeah. You know, you get a sense of who he is. He's actually just just a minor character in there, but uh, okay, in the comic. But um, but yeah, like everything's kind of like clear in a sense. Like he kind of like in one or two panels, but other than that, I mean, yeah. I mean, because I know some of the villains.
0: Um, they, they mix them around in the in the movie, mm-hmm. like Fun Boy. Um, is very different than like his comic book uh, a- adaptation and just like certain yeah. characters um, I forget the name of the the big macho boss the one who's constantly like doing ritual sacrifices and doing cocaine at the same time oh, man, what was his name I can't remember for the life of me right now <laughs> but like you know he, he's got the long hair yeah, long hair and just a bunch Dracula. of <laughs> basically like drag- if Dracula was a drug lord <laughs> that's what this dude is basically. Yeah. So, but he's like the big mob boss in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, in in the uh, the Crow, or and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but in the comic, the Crow It's just a gang. Like it's just a gang of people. Yeah, they just
1: nobodies, man. You know.
0: <laughs> and it, that's what I find interesting is like there's a certain scale difference as far as like the, the level of crime. Like there yeah. goes from just you know gang crime to organized gang crime mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, and that might have just because, like, they really wanted to personify, like, this, you know, one man against an army type of deal. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, and they're both, in the end, it's both satisfying to watch because, you know, obviously he gets it done.
0: Right. There's one thing I've heard. Um, they, they weren't able to produce this in the movie, but there's a character who's just, like, a skeleton cowboy.
1: Yeah, in right? the the train.
0: And isn't he... Yeah. Is he supposed to be the Grim Reaper or is he supposed to be, like, a, a spirit guide or something like that?
1: Like, what I is think he? he's... A guide. A guide. Or just somewhere, like, someone stuck in that purgatory type mm.
0: realm. Because I know, at, and it's kind of like an extra thing for the movie itself, that they never managed to uh, put together. I, I actually think they had a deleted scene.
1: Or and, it was filmed, yeah. just never made it to...
0: Right. And it, I found it interesting, because, like, he was supposed to... He, he he would explain things, you know, just, like, dialogue-wise. Like, yeah. Okay. It's like, yeah, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> you gotta kick ass, <laughs> and it just kind of lets him go. But there's one interesting thing, like that, because the movie wanted to make it into a franchise, so they want to make you know a sequel, if not a trilogy. Um, and they did that later, but we're not going to talk about the sequels because yeah, they're, they're not Brandon Lee. <laughs> and if you don't got the man Brandon Lee, you're just not going to be able to continue it. It's they not tried. Work. <laughs> they really tried, but it just it, it 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 didn't fit. It didn't work. It was not a success. Uh, but no, the um. I'm trying to remember uh oh yeah so the the cowboy the skeleton cowboy apparently at least in the the film was supposed to explain like you're only here to exact vengeance mm-hmm. you're only here to like you know to do uh uh basically to to right the wrongs of the people who wronged you yeah. but you can't interfere with other people's lives and yeah. so when the crow starts going in like uh he he helps um what is it um the little girl the little girl's the little girl's mother Shelby. I think it was Shelby. Shelby. Yeah, yeah. Shelby. Shelby's mom was, like, doing heroin, and he, mm-hmm. uh, he helps her by just forcing she, the heroin yeah. out of her arm. And because of that, because of that, uh, it's it, it even more tragic in the sense that now Eric Draven is bound to Earth because he, he interfered mm-hmm. with, um, with the, the, the human realm all too much. Like, yeah. he can exact vengeance on the people who did him wrong, but he can't mm-hmm. just go around, like, helping everyone yeah. Because he did that, now he can't see Shelley at the end of the film, which makes everything all the more tragic. It's like, yeah. okay, you're invincible, and we'll actually get to his uh, his powers and like what yeah. that means later. But like at the end of the film, it's just like there's no resolution for the character in that sense, uh, other than like you know he takes down the big crime boss. Mm. I know, uh, and again, I, I, I haven't like read the comic in depth, but I know that in the comic he just once he finishes his deed, right, satisfies. He just goes back to the yeah. grave and just kind of fades away. Just disappears, <laughs> which is a lot more satisfying because it's kind of like I don't know, uh, um, more of a bittersweet sweet ending to like the.
1: Yeah. You kind of feel that sense of like he's just tired, you know. He just sits down, yeah. Just like a long day, and just freaking goes out <laughs> <laughs>
0: for sure. And I, I like that. Like that's a good ending yeah. to a story. That's like you know, just very not not just very sad and all too real with its uh, with its um, uh, commentary and just like the idea that this story no mm-hmm. matter how dark it is it's just a man trying to cope with that grief mm-hmm. and then for it to end like okay I'm tired I'm just gonna go out on a soft note like that's impressive as far as like storytelling wise goes there's not a lot of vengeance stories that end that way like usually no. it's a lot more tragic usually like he the main
1: protagonist
0: usually dies and it's just like okay <laughs> right. and, and technically he's already dead so you yes. gotta cross that <laughs> But it's just the idea, like, okay, the, the, like, the spirit is at rest type of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there, there's some sort of a, a peace found in it. And it's not like the, the story has, like, an, a completely morally right uh, standing, but it's more just the idea, like, okay, this is how this guy is dealing with his mm-hmm. problems. So, like, the commentary on, like, Eye for an Eye is, I, I, don't, I don't know, it's just the idea, like, he's putting it all in this comic mm-hmm. so it doesn't, like, l- so he doesn't lash out. Yeah. That's what I was understanding. Um from, from what I know about the comic, and in the the movie, it was just like we're lashing out. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so much gratuitous violence, and it's. then <laughs> you've seen um. You've seen the, the movie and how it's compared a lot to like uh, music videos, because mm-hmm. apparently a lot of people say like, oh, it has type of mu- a music video vibe, and that's mainly because the director used to be a um uh, uh, he, a director he directed music videos, yeah, and he he just went like straight into that decided to like carry all his crap with him yeah.
1: I feel like it works it, it does cause in like I don't know like the whole soundtrack is like nothing but like mm. you have like old new wave bands you know you have like The Cure and then you have like Nine Inch Nails <laughs> so it's like okay this fits with the you know the movie it's like so dark <laughs> you got a
0: undead widower on top of roofs in Play- Detroit <laughs> playing a guitar yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, uh I also um, uh, it's a good soundtrack. Oh it, it definitely <laughs> I is like, it. <laughs> you, you can really listen to it. It's it's front and center, like just like the uh the gothic and um I guess uh pop culture undertones are just like all over the place. Like where is it on the sleeve mm-hmm.
1: of the movie? And it's similar like even though the comic was like that, you know, he would put lyrics of you know, from the cure or oh, really? joy division, you know. The four chapters, you know, just... That's interesting. Yeah, and so it, it all, like, just comes full circle. It's <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I do. One thing I, I found interesting
0: um, is how they explain, like, the, the crow's uh, makeup. Because mm-hmm. when I first watched it, I was just, like, in the middle of it. It was a long time ago. I was just, like, in the middle of the film. My dad was explaining, oh, this is a great film. But I saw the makeup on his face, and I was just like... I'm thinking this is Heath Ledger's Joker. Like, that's where my... There's mind a went. lot of similarities <laughs> to and, Heath Ledger. And I'm pretty sure, like, Heath Ledger took a lot of inspiration from The Crow. Yeah, It's definitely. hard for him, like, to, to not see the similarities. They both have wet hair. Mm-hmm. They're both wearing war paint. They both go on killing sprees yeah. <laughs> that are very, like, uh, not just anarchy, but, um, you know, like, that, they have a sense of upbeat to them. Like, they're both telling yeah. jokes. They're both terrifying, but... They're just unpredictable. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Like all you know, the only thing you know about the crow is that he's going to kill his targets. Like that yeah. is uh, a non-negotiable. He just don't know how he's going to do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> and how he just gets—he he gets like better at it. He gets more into it. Yeah. And it's just—and it's not regular deaths, people. No. <laughs> he stabs a man uh. in the chest with each of his own knives, not the crow's knives, the man's knives. Mm-hmm. In each one of his vital organs in alphabetical order. At least that's how it's explained. I'm not a surgeon. All I know is that there's a lot of knives in that man's, like, chest, sternum,
1: and stomach. But, where exactly did he put them? Like, yeah, like where it, did he had his knives before he died, you know? It's like, <laughs> well, like, like, oh yeah, it's, uh, Tintin. Tintin. Tintin was the, Tintin the name of the, the gangster, gangster
0: that he kills, And that guy was carrying a lot of knives he on him. He was. His. It's
1: like, shit. But
0: damn, like, take the time to stab someone in alphabetical order of their vital <laughs> organs? Like, I would never think that. Yeah, that's... And it's, it's a lot. I've been, but then, like, the... Um, anyway, I, I digress. We'll get back to the violence and the deaths,
1: because that's everywhere. <laughs> it's a uh, long segment.
0: <laughs> but uh, to, to his makeup, to his war paint, it uh, was interesting. Again, during that uh, silent montage, well, it's, well, it's, a, it's a wordless mm-hmm. montage of just, like, you know, the crow, or Eric Draven becoming the crow, realizing what he has to do, like, what his mission is. He's looking in the mirror, and he's holding, like, um, a mask. Those theater... Those theater masks, yeah. and it's, uh, it's a tragedy mask. Yeah, tragedy, And And he, he's looking at that. He's remembering, because he has that psychic touch, so whatever he feels, he can feel the story of it. Mm-hmm. He's remembering all the good times they had, and, like, how he would often, like, just tease his, uh, his would-be wife, uh, Shelly, with that mask. And so then he decides, like, okay, like, he literally takes what uh, is involved in his love, or embedded in his love and then makes it into fucking war paint. Yeah. Like, he makes that into, like, the, the thing is kind of a, a haunting yeah. for his enemies. And that was really interesting, because, like...
1: It was well done, too. Like, the whole scene was filmed. And apparently it wasn't actually Brandon Lee, I think. Mm. Like, they used his his other stunt double. He had a stunt double? Yeah. Oh, dang. Well, you know, obviously after he passed. so They, oh, had, right. they had someone, oh. like, fill in just, like, the body shots. But they obviously, like, used, like, CGI on the face. Okay.
0: A, that that makes sense because I know a lot of films will start; they'll film the ending first, and then they'll mm-hmm. go back and film the beginning. Yeah. I think the beginning kind of works where you don't see his face. Like,
1: yeah, you're just left knowing, like, okay, this guy's gonna—he's getting ready, but you don't actually see him. It's kind of just like, uh, you know, Batman Begins. We yeah. just getting his tools, right? You know,
0: and it's also uh, it's also that body language. Like you just yeah. like, see the, like the back of this man lashing out. He has the scars from like where he got shot mm-hmm. and cut up. and it's very well shot in how it's done like it has that gothic feel it just has like this dude lashing out like you know crazily and then like once he gets into the motion of it you start seeing him jumping from rooftops Mm -hmm. and it's kind of casual like they don't glorify the rooftops too much like he's not jumping 20 feet or anything (laughs) like that but it just gives you like a feel for like how crammed this environment is and then he just like goes into it, goes to town, starts finding the gangsters who, like, who did him wrong. Mm-hmm. Now we can talk about the violence even more. We've already <laughs> talked about how Tintin dies. <laughs> but some, we, have to, we have to cover a couple things. Like, when he goes to, to the pawn shop to oh, retrieve Indian. his wedding Yeah. He retrieves his wedding ring in, in an interesting fashion because he harasses the uh, the, uh, the pawn, uh, I'm, not, I'm just going to call him a pawn star because, like, that's basically what the dude is. Or the, the, the pawn shop man. Like, he, he harasses him by, like, throwing the rings at him. And saying, like, each one of these represents a life. Yeah. Then, <laughs> explaining, like, the significance of, like, each one of the, the, the lives that this pawn uh, store is ruined, because this, that's where all the gangsters would go and sell their... Mm-hmm. Um, all the stuff they stole from Yeah. And the, the dude totally was aware of that. Like, he was just into it. But then, Eric Draven does something, I wouldn't say completely out of character, but just interesting, because, like, he throws the, the rings at the dude, saying it's a significant, like, how much uh, death destruction you've caused, and each one of these represent a life you've destroyed, then he takes all the rings, puts it puts it into it, a barrel of a shotgun, <laughs> yeah. and then proceeds to shoot drums of gasoline with all the rings exploding the, the is that gasoline smell? No. <laughs> Such a good fucking line. It's a good line, it's a good scene. I feel like it's a little counterproductive in saying like this is all the lives you destroyed, now watch me put these lives you yeah. destroyed in a shotgun <laughs> and blow up all your shit. Yeah. Like, okay. He does that. <laughs> and then goes about the rest of his day <laughs> as you know one who has come back from the grave with a vengeance does and it's it's a good scene like I'm, I'm not dissing it it's just a little bit odd like you get the idea this man is unhinged like yeah. there's not much holding him back and then he goes on to kill um i think funboy was next yeah funboys out yeah and and funboy is it's not like the grittiest or like the, the worst death that you see in, in the film but it's just the idea like the uh, Fun Boys is trying to like uh, shoot him a bunch of times and what is the crow doing? He's
1: yeah he, he, the crow gets shot in the hand yeah. doesn't feel it I like just the fact he's laughing like you know just like realizing like you're fucked man Like and he's telling the laughing. Jesus joke yeah I was like wow <laughs> It's Jesus a, Christ walks into a bar. A hotel. A hotel. Yeah, he's like, he put me up for the night or something. Like that. Hands him, uh, hands the, the hotel man three nails and says,
0: yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of random, but at the same time, you can see a bit of resemblance. Not because like, like the crow's not very Christ-like in his actions, mm-hmm. but then you get that idea that he's representing like that vengeful angel. Yeah. and he's constantly quoting like the idea of he's either constantly quoting or making fun of the idea that he's dead, especially mm-hmm. with the police officer. And I don't know, like, that oh, type yeah. of back and forth with, uh, like, you know, between the dead and the living kind of works there. You get the idea yeah. like this guy is just trying to make light of the tragedy that he's been enduring. My question is, do you see, like, that type of joke uh, mentality? Is that even in the comic? Cause like oh, the yeah, movie, it's... That one line about
1: Jesus was actually in there, too, and, um... All right, because some of it was very specific. Yeah, and... he was... I feel like in the comic, he was actually more unhinged. G- give me an example, like, like, he... <clears throat> I remember... Oh, man, what was that one scene? He, um, I'm just going to look at it. <laughs> I know it's in here. Like, um, Do what you got to do. We
0: have the comic here for those who are interested. You can't see it, but we will describe yeah, it to you in detail. It's
1: been a while since I you know, read it, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm interested in the fact that the comic is in black and white,
0: but the... And again, it, it must have just been another time, because it's a '90s movie. They decided, you know, to have like that, um, like more color. And the color they do show is usually red, uh, shades of blue, or it, it, it's still like very black and white in the sense of its uh, gothic feel, or yeah. just has these strong shadows. But when they show color, it's usually you know the color of red or fire. <laughs> They're just going <laughs> for like, and, and it's very interesting, like. It, it's, I'd say, it's a little bit minimalist in its color design. Like it's not neon; isn't having like any neon glowing lights in it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: for the most part. But it definitely has like that show of. Um, I don't know if it's, it would be considered being faithful to the material or just like uh, a, a step forward for the material. Like, okay, here is it is in black and white form in the comic. Here's what you would see if there was just like uh, minor tones of color over everything until the blood shows up. When there's blood, that's just, you know, crisp red. (laughs) It's kind of like,
1: just how Sin City was. Yeah.
0: And I feel like, there's a a lot between the two. Sin City, the only thing, the only difference I can see with Sin City, is one, it's commentary is a little bit different where uh, Frank Miller is more about the violence, more about like, sure, it's revenge stories, but it's much grittier in a sense like, that's just what these people do. With The Crow, there's a lot more tragedy behind The Crow because like, He was just a heavy rock metal band uh, guy, you know, rock star who was just trying to marry his wife and was denied that. Like he was denied happiness, and to to uh, to such an extent, like you know, he comes back as this killing machine. You don't get that in Frank Miller's Sin City, Um, and Sin City, don't (laughs) know. yeah, and Sin City is like something I want to cover, but like it's so separate because even though it's just a black and white comic like The Crow, it has like a totally different feel. And there's no gradations. Most of it is, for the most part, you know, just uh, solid white shapes and solid black shapes in Sin City. And I don't know. That That's, like, such a different world. Mm-hmm. And Frank Miller is such a different world. Like, that's something we have to cover on its own. I don't mind the
1: comparison, though, because... Yeah, it's kind of just like the whole... There's... Not necessarily noir, but it's just like... So it has...
0: It references noir, yeah. I want to say. But it has, like, it, it's, like, two different levels of violence, you know? Yeah. And, I don't know, would you consider The Crow a noir story? Because there's... The only thing he has to
1: investigate is, like, who done it, you know? Like, oh, it's not... Nah, not a noir. Okay. It's more just... Well, just, like, the whole style of it, kind of, like, it's just, you know, black and white. Mm-hmm. But, I don't, no, I don't think it's, like, a noir. Now, did that... Did, uh... Did The Crow
0: come out, the comic, when it came out, did that came out, come out during the, um... uh. Rebirth of the black and white comics Because I know they're like in the 80s Yeah because this was like late 80s Okay that makes sense I think it was like 89 if I'm not mistaken Alright for those who don't know There is in the 80s There was a uh, time period where Black and white comics came back And they were just like a huge deal Like for whatever reason There was just like an untapped market of people Who really wanted to hear black and white Or, or uh, read black and white comics and oh wait, what do we have here? That's actually
1: the well one of the, the quotes is <laughs> just kind of weird why well, he's like fucking killing all these people
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness I'll, I'll say this much. The art in the story is really good, but it, it's on like that level of detail that almost looks uh uh biblical with its oh, etchings yeah, for, for sure like I could compare this to um at, at least with the etching style, like it reminds me of um Oh, there was a, a artwork I was looking at, uh, Parnassi's, uh the prisons. That's just uh, uh, some artwork that is really big on showing, you know, uh, Roman uh, architecture and Gothic feels, but it's just oh, black and white. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel that in here, at least with like the like how the uh, the gradations yeah. are done, and it, it, it's similar feel in the sense of you know you just have like this craziness in the uh, in the city designs in showing of. Um, Kind of like a dark, depressing feel, except in this, it's you know, it's more just a a prolonged street brawl. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: when I think of the Crow, and even in the movie, it's just a lengthy street brawl. You know, like it's how he's going to take out the enemies, it's uh, when he does it, like the 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 finesse, the the charisma of the character, mm-hmm. that's all there. But like the story is just very very simple to get behind, kind of like yeah. how Mad Max is a simple story. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, like, and especially... It works. <laughs> it works, and it fulfills its purpose. Like, yeah. to the reader, you know, it can be very hit and miss, I'd say. But for, like, the, the creator, I think this was, you know, it was a coping mechanism. It was just, like, them trying to, to, not, uh, to not lose it, like, just to, to focus on it or amplify, in a sense, like, you know, certain feelings of rage and grief into a comic. And it worked, like, phenomenally well. Like, what it's about, how it's drawn, is... Fantastic. It is tragic in its own right, though, because of that. Yeah. And so I don't know. Like this just has a different type of meta-commentary feel than like that of what I would consider like Frank Miller. When Frank Miller is writing like a violent story, it's because he yeah. wants a violent story.
1: Yeah. This seems more. I, I don't know. Not out of, the, th- out of the feeling. More, more of like. Yeah. Field and, like you know, wanting.
0: There, there's more like of a uh, it's more of a reaction you know yeah. yeah. A reaction
1: to that feeling rather than like trying to strive for that feeling it's kind of like how a painter would just you know start his paintings you know just there's this feeling and then there's like this you know you get you, you see the thing in your head and you're like okay I gotta do this
0: exactly and I, I agree with that because you have just like how the story is written what it's about it's hard to deny that and uh, more so for how they how they made the movie because in the movie you also had a literal death and grieving family like you had a grieving cast and crew yeah all that can't be denied and and it just creates like this uh, like I said a, a meta commentary that becomes all too real mm-hmm. and this is maybe it's not scary the, it's it's scary <laughs> it's definitely scary this is not the best way to put it but I know they're kind of trying to remake the crow right now and. I feel like someone has to die in production or if it's going to meet, like, the same standards. It's really, really bad for if that happened, like, a third time to- or a second time. You know, yeah. like, that would be too much. But at the same time, how do you top The Crow with Brandon Lee? I mean, it was, it was arguably one of his better performances as well as his last performance. You had, like, that. You had that weight behind the movie. And then you also had the fact that, like, the, the commentary and the, what the comic is all about – is about a literal death and, like, just the the grieving process. So, I don't know, to remake a movie of that magnitude, just at, at least with a certain, uh, sense of uh, genuineness
1: or authenticity, is going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, because, like, you're going to have to find an actor that can portray, obviously, a guy who's been brought back to life. But, like... Also capture... Especially in the comics. Like, mm-hmm. Eric was... He was almost arrogant, in a sense. I can see that. Like, he's just like, Yeah, you can't fucking kill me. So I'm gonna, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's and, the whole point, man? I'm gonna fucking kill you. You know? It's just... He's like that. But he he's just... You know, he's having fun doing it. You right. know? Like, he... But he's also just... It's it, Like, in a way, it's kind of hiding his... What he's feeling deep inside. Like, obviously, he's fucking dealing with the loss of Shelly. So it's just like... You gotta find someone who can... It's a capture all that.
0: Yeah, it, it's a coping mechanism, and and to like to show that level of a, of a, of loss, but also like a surface level rage. Yeah, that's not easy to do, especially for an actor. Like, it's one thing for a comic artists to be able to draw and write about it, and because it, that that's its own tough process. But that's the idea of like, okay, we are mentally, you know, building this up. Yeah. When you're an actor, though, you also have to physically build yeah. that up. Like, that was one of the things Brandon Lee had going for him was the fact that you know. He could do his own stunts. Yeah. He could do a lot of what they needed him to, uh, him to do in the film. And so when you had the, like these brawls with just you know rain, glass, blood, sweat, and tears like all over the place, mm-hmm. especially towards the end of the finale when he's fighting the the, the main boss, mm-hmm. like that's just everywhere. And and they had like a they had an actor who could really you know uh, go with those punches. Yeah. I don't know if they'll do the same thing, like because a lot of uh, stunt actors or actors doing their own stunts, that's kind of faded out in the background. Like Jackie Chan was like one of the last real uh, guys who was pulling that mm-hmm. off. Can get Tom Cruise again? Okay, Tom Cruise <laughs> doing his own stunts is on a. It, I wouldn't. It's on a different level, not a better level. Well, oh, not, <laughs> yeah, not in a fight, Yeah, not not in a fight, but like him doing his own stunts, I believe has something to do with Scientology. I don't know how. <laughs> But when you look at the man, you realize he has not aged since his movie, <laughs> since the first movie adaptation he was in uh, called Legend. Yeah. He's like 17 in that. He looks the same now as he did then. Oh, so I'm just saying he has some sort of mystic power behind him. But I don't think he could play play the crow. Nah. Like, it, it it's too much. Like this would break Tom Cruise, and I don't want to see this break Tom Cruise. Like maybe Last
1: know. Samurai Tom Cruise, then put him in the. Car. Oh, Last Samurai Tom Cruise,
0: Nah. Uh, I, I don't know what level of Tom Cruise could play the uh, the crow. All I know is that level of Tom Cruise, like that adaptation of Tom Cruise, would die playing the crow. <laughs> it, it'd be too much. Like um. I would love to see. If we still had Heath Ledger around, Heath Ledger, his what type of performance he could bring to the Crow would be scary, especially after the Joker. You, yeah. Having said that, I don't think he would actually do it if he was still around because it, it took so much method acting to like create mm-hmm. the Joker that I feel like he didn't want to do those roles ever again. Like that was that was the max yeah. he did it, and unfortunately, it cost him his life. Um, We won't get too much into that, like, heavy subject matter because we're already on a heavy subject matter as it is. (laughs) This is The Crow. (laughs) This is The Crow, everybody. Uh, But it's just, yeah, like, that's just, like, what The Crow is about. Like, you can't deny these type of, like, levels uh, of, you know, just grief and rage that is in the story. One interesting thing that I really like about The Crow is that even though he has a lot of, you know, this uh, braggadocious appeal... And just like how he's, you know, going about murdering people left and right, obviously the people who who did him wrong. So he's not like a total psychopath, just a vengeful psychopath, uh, if you want to put it in a category. So he's just kind of an undead Punisher. Yeah, basically <laughs> an undead Punisher, but done right because yeah. they, they try to bring back the Punisher to life a couple times, and it did not work out. <laughs> anyway, I digress. But the interesting thing about Eric Draven as the Crow is he does have like a weakness. Like they give him a kryptonite, in the sense that the Crow is is uh, a yeah. his spirit guy but also his um his vulnerability
1: and it's never that wasn't in the, the comics they never added that aspect he was just there was no there was no stopping yeah like he we all knew he they were gonna die <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: that is that's crazy and I think that was you know I I, I think the uh, the liberties they took in the movie adaptation were
1: specifically just because we got to give him something to to make him vulnerable yeah. to create that vulnerability and I actually I, I like both. I can go with both. You know, I can they, see that. They both work. Um, for the, yeah. No, you go for it. <laughs> Oh, I was just saying,
0: for those who don't know, if if anyone, because um, I don't know if we stated this, if anyone shoots Eric Draven, he's not going to die. But if you shoot the crow that, like, accompanies Eric Draven, then he feels that. So whatever the crow feels, he feels. And if you kill the crow, then you, you he's make... Less vulnerable. He's less yeah. yeah, he becomes uh, mortal again. Yeah. And so it kind of, like, breaks the, 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 the spell um I did not know that that wasn't in the the comic and that makes sense cuz like the comic is just supposed to be a revenge story. Yeah, right? you just clean and cut. To it. <laughs> and the I don't know, bringing in that sense of vulnerability, there's a lot to explore with it. I know in later sequels they try to explore the idea like when people actually do kill the crow and and make Eric Draven mortal again. Mm-hmm. Um again, those stories didn't like really uh, set up well because like one you have a different actor, the kind of guy who looked. I think they got a few people who to play the crow. Yeah, he kind of looked
1: like Brandon Lee. I know which, which yeah guy you're talking about. So so they they definitely <laughs> were trying, and the look and feel was there. Like yeah, I think they kept like the same apartment. <laughs> oh dang! So it's all there. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean you know the, the style was around, but at that point I think it was style over substance.
1: Yeah, it definitely was
0: because the first crow had a lot of style, but like a. Uh, amount of substance, like, Mm -hmm. and to 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 grasp that again, to like really capture that is it's a tough thing, but I think it's also a dangerous thing because it's like how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go to make this story? Because it's going to be depressing, (laughs) like people have to deal with that. It's going to be awesome when the violence happens for those who are really big on action sequences, like when the crow starts grabbing a a katana and wielding a guitar at the same time. That's so badass. Like I said, the best in the 90s, fighting the worst who in the sees 90s. that? <laughs> I don't know who was asking for that. I didn't know I wanted that until I saw it. Uh, it's just, it
1: just so much. <laughs> you know, actually, I got a story, matter of fact. Hmm. This may seem kind of random, but okay, so... Like, talking about, like, the style, like, you know, the look of the crow. Yeah. I remember I was in eighth grade. I was in reading class. And, you know, I finished my assignment maybe like 20 minutes early. And, or like, you know, with 20 minutes left of class. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to fucking draw. So, you know, I'm drawing in my, you know, it's my notebook. It's 11 by 15, but I'm like filling the whole page. And mm. I'm, you know, I'm drawing the crow. Oh, really? <laughs> and so, you know, I'm going like pulling in, you know, detail and all that. And then like <laughs> my teacher walks behind me and she goes, huh, that's really nice. Is that KISS? I'm like okay, like like, can you go away? Like this is look like Peter Chris, you know? (laughs) That is unfortunate,
0: mild, like completely unfortunate. And I, I'll say this much: there is a little bit of a resemblance if you're just looking at the face. But then you realize, huh? One is wearing heavy metal armor (laughs) while singing heavy metal. The other is carrying around a shotgun in a trench coat, like.
1: (laughs) One too, it's like there's like that. I think at that time, that was like when Glam Rock was like really big. Oh, really? Because you know, big. He obviously had like Bon Jovi or, you know, like. Yeah. Um, Guns N' Roses.
0: Actually, that reminds me of someone.
1: Poison. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> so, for the crow uh, in, in the comic, like his, his mask, his his, uh, his makeup, his war paint, is that given the same uh, uh, explanation as in the movie? Or how does it come to be? Because I remember in the movie, it's the idea that he takes the the mask of tragedy, and he, he looks at that and decides to embody that by painting it onto his face. Um, so I know where that comes from.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I I feel like it might be different in the comic. I, I, um, if I remember, like the comic was more like it was more like made from. It was like scars. Oh. But I think he did apply, you know, makeup on it. Just to... just to, uh
0: to, to bring those scars forward,
1: to like yeah. really... and they, okay. they also kept that tragedy, like the, the theater mask, you know. Mm. Okay. Like it's still in there, but there was like more scars into it. But... Gotcha. Yeah.
0: <laughs> an interesting read, an interesting story. Again, you gotta watch the first Crow, which also brought up one of the more um, uh, interesting, um, what's the word, calling cards, I guess it would be the one that they've ripped off in, like, a bunch of other movies where uh, the crow lights a fire of, uh, of gasoline that forms the crow, the crow yeah. in the ground. <laughs> crow was the first to do that. Daredevil stole it. So did the Dark Knight. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why they keep on stealing it, but... but come on. You gotta, yeah. You gotta play that here. <laughs> belongs to the crow. And, I mean, the crow did that, like, with a bunch of other things. Just, like, the fire scene is, like, the most iconic of it. You got him, like, you know spraying his enemy's blood on, the, on um, the wall in the shape of the crow. So, like, mm-hmm. he does it multiple times. I know in, like, one of the sequels he does it where... This one was really weird in one of the sequels. <laughs> so there's, like, a little reservoir, right? Yeah. Underneath, like, a a, a sewer system or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, one he sends off one of his victims in, like, a Viking funeral style, like, just... just in the the middle of this uh, this uh, cesspool, but he's made like all these little flowers or something like that or he has all these flowers and he sent them all perfectly off into the stream and it forms a crow in the reservoir and I 'm just like, how the fuck do you do that I know that he 's <laughs> magical I know that the crow has mystic powers, <laughs> but one at a time he 's just like sending the, those, like little flowers or roses out there and they 're all floating and they form perfect crow. I, I I would be more concerned or more interested in how they filmed that rather than, like, the explanation behind it because it's just so tedious. You know, I, like, who came up with that? Like, you're pouring... In the, you're in the office, and then <laughs> someone like, yeah, that's how I'm just... It's a weird... It's just... I think it's an over-the-top calling card because, like, yeah. one, that's going to take so much goddamn time you're going to get caught. <laughs> yeah. Not that it matters because these sure the cops are already there. Right. Pouring <laughs> gasoline on the ground into the outline of a crow. That makes sense to me, yeah. you know? Like if you're if you're really artistic, you could pull that off really quick.
1: Yeah,
0: that like no one was looking for the crow in the first movie, so like he had time to get away with it. In
1: mm-hmm.
0: like the I think it was like the, the fourth film, third film. I don't want to remember those other yeah, films. I don't, no, no. All I know <laughs> is it was just it looked cool, but it was a little ridiculous. Like the implication of it.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: it be interesting. <laughs> who do you think could play the crow? Like I know we've sarcastically talked about like.
1: <laughs> That's tough. It would be tough. I actually had a conversation a while back with my—I think it was my brother or my cousin, but I think we both decided on Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. I'm not familiar with his work. Uh, which L- Loki? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Marvel uh, movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I never remember actors yeah, by their names. It's, you say the Loki guy. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I could, I could see that.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, he would really have to get into the, the method acting. He's, he's a good actor. Yeah. But, like, he would really have to bring his A-game to that role. Oh, like, definitely, yeah. They'd have to dirty up his hair. They'd have to be beating the shit out of him. Because <laughs> 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 if you're the crow, you're taking some beatings. I mean, not, like, not literally. Like, he doesn't have to get into that method acting level, but definitely have to do a lot for the role. Um, I can see that. I can,
1: yeah, that's... There's someone else I had in mind. What about? I just couldn't. I can't think of it right now. What about Jared Leto? You know, <laughs> it's hard to say after Suicide Squad. But oh uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, I
0: know he gets a bad rap for Suicide <laughs> nah. Squad, and his method acting may not be the best at execution.
1: Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna send my you know co-stars just, just like workers like fucking dead rats or whatever. Use kind of like just weird condom, shit. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'll, I'll admit, like, that was not his best performance, mainly because, like, it wouldn't it, it, it go anywhere. It didn't serve a purpose, you know? Like, the Joker in Suicide Squad didn't serve a purpose. Yeah. He was just kind he, of He wasn't given yeah. just time, yeah. I do think that Jared Leto can be a good actor. Like, he's a good actor, but you've got to give him a role that, where he fulfills a purpose.
1: Yeah.
0: good example of that is um his role in um Blade Runner uh, 2049. Mm. Oh, have you, have he, you seen that? Yeah, he's... He had he, purpose. He, he, yeah, he, he played a role where it played to his strengths. You know, like he's playing more of a, a, a biblical, egotistical um, CEO of a massive company, yeah. right? And in that, he's the antagonist. He's there. He's central to the plot. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have to be like everywhere. He's in the background. Like he's the mastermind. He's yeah, just
1: pulling the strings,
0: man. And, and so, like, seeing him in that role, I was like, I was satisfied. Like, it yeah. wasn't over the top. It wasn't. It didn't uh, take away from the film. That was, I think, Jared Leto at a good amount. Now, I don't know if you could play, like, a uh, central character. Like, because the Crow, in the background of a film, isn't nearly as interesting as, like, seeing the Crow develop into, like, what he is, into this vicious killing machine. But I don't know. I mean, you know, how do you modernize the Crow? Because... uh, Part of it comes from like the the 80s aesthetic mm-hmm. and then that translated into 90s aesthetic with like music videos with just the hardcore um, um, music soundtrack and like yeah. the lighting and the atmosphere also just the amount of texture they were getting like you get the idea like this city just always rained upon like yeah it's just fucking dirty. It, it was dirty <laughs> it was cramped like it was it, it was a very stylistic. Uh, way of showing like a, a you know a, a devastated Detroit, and I think that was great. But to to have to modernize the crow in nowadays standards is either has to be contemporary. Like maybe you could have a contemporary feel uh, for the city, yeah. which might uh, not pair well with audiences. But then you have to have like some sort of actor. I don't know if Jared Leto could be
1: central well, to that. Would Jared Leto maybe he could? There's obviously a high possibility, but I mean, he, for one, he's a musician. Oh, is he? Yeah. I mean, oh, Thirty God. Seconds to Mars. That's so like, you. You can. I mean, Eric was is a fucking guitar player, right? In the movie and all that, so he that could can be have useful. Act, yeah, you know, but uh, I can. I would give him a shot. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> I enough. would see. Just wait and see how he would do. If, you know, they gave him a call or something. <laughs>
0: Jared Leto, we want you to play the crow. I'm in. <laughs> uh, I feel like my pick, and it, it may not even be a good pick, but I'd I, I gamble on it, um, Ryan Gosling.
1: Ryan Gosling.
0: It's funny he was going to be the Joker, too. I know, like, people wanted to see him, those. I think he could play, like, a good Joker, but he didn't want to get involved in that franchise. You know, he didn't want to, like, do a long-term type of gig. Yeah. And I, I feel like his Joker would have been massively different because, like, he has
1: – he can play, like, a crazy character, but he can also play, like, a very serious character. Yeah, like, you know, his character in Drive. Like, he was – he kind of yeah. unhinged, too, like, the way his character was. You he know? was
0: unhinged, but he was kind of, like – I don't know. He had, like, a – he was a – Calm. Sort of, yeah, was he was calm. Yeah. Well, he was, like, the – you know, the heat waves um, – uh, off like the off the sands or something like that like yeah. there was you, you get the idea like if you get too close to him you're gonna get burned but yeah. he's so far away fuck you up just to- yeah. Well, he, he's he's just so distant you know like he's yeah. distant to everyone in that film and then when he does show up and he's got and you know he's just gonna he starts stabbing
1: people yeah just that elevator scene come on bro like it's just
0: oh my god alright I have so many questions for that scene first up is it physically possible just to kick a man in the head so many times where he just becomes paced <laughs> like that's what it looks I- like but I don't know, like. What shoes did he have? <laughs> and I think he was kicking him in the. Or like, he was stomping on, you know, on, his, I mean, on his neck or something yeah, like I that. Just... It, it was a good scene, but there's it, it like something about it that just seems very off.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and it, it, again, Drive is a good movie too. Like, that's a good movie with Ryan Gosling. Only thing I know about Ryan Gosling is he plays more of a subtlety. Subtle rule in his yeah. characters. That's why I don't think the Joker or the Crow would be the best for him because it would challenge a lot of what he does.
1: Yeah, I think we're, I mm-hmm. think I remember Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, if you, if you see Nightcrawler, Ooh. I can. Okay, I can kind of see that. Like Jake Gyllenhaal could pull it off. I, I
0: I've seen a little bit of Nightcrawler, and I know that he plays like a character who's very unhinged. Yeah, you know, know. Is, is morally. Um, or his his, his moral code Has you know been broken and just kind of like up for grabs. Yeah, uh, that could be. He could do it. Uh, I, I think he's got like he's got the face for it. You know. Oh yeah, he's those eyes, man. <laughs> you you need to have crazy eyes <laughs> if you're playing the crow. <laughs> uh, don't think. At least in the in the movie, they define uh, one of the police officers calls the crow a fucked up mind from hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I see that I can definitely see it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that was like central to the uh or a, a a name call out from the um uh comic or an insult from the comic but uh again it's it's very specific like there are those specific moments of jokes and gags that are just like okay this, this had to have been in the comic or something like that
1: mm-hmm. yeah it was just you know you have that insult and then just like or they' they'll just call' him a ghost. From time to time, like, yeah, oh, yeah. this ghost <laughs> just comes and goes.
0: Just... And he just plays with that. And yeah. He's just like, I'm a ghost, boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be dead and walking the earth, you might as well have some fun with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll say this much. In the crow, the movie, uh, there doesn't seem to be too many, like, montages. Like, there's a little bit of that montage at the beginning yeah. where he's becoming the crow... But the rest of it, despite having been made by a a director who, you know, directed music Music videos beforehand, it doesn't get into like a music montage. Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I kind of find that interesting. I'm glad it didn't, though. It's probably for the best. Yeah. At the very beginning, you kind of feel that. And I think it takes it to its its extremes with its quick cuts, where it has a flash and then a Mm -hmm. cut. Part of that I hate, but part of that I also enjoy, because it the moment you get those like flashes and it feels like a sting to your eyes and that's what it's supposed to be yeah. to the character you almost feel it yeah so it, yeah. You, it creates a relation with that character uh, visually which is really nice but again it's so stylistic that some people are going to that's going to be a turn off to them because it's, it's so 90s yeah. that, that like I feel like it doesn't translate over well like uh, the movie Blade has a, a lot of oh, like a lot of, yeah. music montages that almost <laughs> make the, the film not scene. work <laughs> the intro scene that like fast cut you know yeah. Because they were experimenting with a lot of the new technology in the nineties. I say new you know, yeah. in quotations. That is such a good fucking scene though. I love that. Oh yeah, I, I enjoyed Wesley Snipes Blade as well. It's yeah. just it is one of those movies where you know the style and the substance are there, but every now and then like they're I don't know, they, they butt heads. And it's and not withstanding. It's kinda yeah. in the
1: same realm as like the crow, how they both they're both characters of mourning. They're both homeless characters. Yeah. one can argue. They um, I mean, obviously like one's a fucking. I mean, they're both undead. No, I'm just kidding. But like you know, he's kind of <laughs> he's so he's a vampire. I don't like vampires are technically
0: dead. Yeah. Depending on how biblical you get with the translation. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, like, and 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 the crow can come back to life. Like if you yeah. kill the, his spirit animal, the crow, Eric Graven just becomes a regular man again. Yeah. So there, there is those uh, those type of resemblances. Also, how they kill people is a uh, badass to say the least.
1: <laughs> but you know, there's, they both fall into that '90s, you know, action type dark movie. You know, well,
0: that's what I found. Comic interesting. book movies. Yeah. Well, that's what I find interesting. Is like they're both '90s comic book movies. Uh, both are successful in their own. Rated rate. R. Rated R. Yes. Yeah. They, 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 that was they started another,
1: that too. I think
0: they started in many ways the rated R uh, things. The first, I mean, Blade was a first for a lot of things, but the internet chose to forget all that Blade <laughs> was. And same thing with the Crow. Like the Crow is a has a uh, is a cult classic, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And broke the mold for like a lot of uh, uh su- for like the superhero genre. I guess you could argue whether or not it's a superhero genre that the Crow falls under, but uh, it's still a comic book, comic yeah. book adaptation, and. At the end of the day, like it was, you know, it hits all the beats. Like it's a good story, it's a good movie, it's a good comic. But for some reason, like we've chosen to kind of like uh, push it out of the limelight, yeah. and I don't know why. Because like what people are asking for nowadays, like with Deadpool, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone asks, like, okay, we need a comic book movie that's rated R, that's gritty, that has a dude throwing the f word every other sentence. Yeah, yeah. Like we need that, and then we got Deadpool, and everyone loved it, and they gave it almost as much money as the Passion of the Christ. But, but, the Crow, Blade, like those movies came first. I think they were just ahead of their time. Yeah. Like they, they just missed. Like if you remade The Crow
1: nowadays, I don't think it would have made a lot of money. In like nowadays, because I feel like because it's such a cult classic, mm. people are just like, okay, it's not going to be better.
0: That's true. It's going to suck. You know, like that's very true. Uh, I don't know, like. We, I think we do need more movies like that that have, you know, darker commentary. Mm. And to an extent, like, there are a good, I'd say, like, at least top ten, like, good, dark comic book movies. Um, you know, you got The Dark Knight, you got The Crow, you got Blade. Um, there's probably like a handful of others. But I don't know. There, there's still room to explore some of the narratives. And not every comic book movie has to be uh, uh, dark and gritty, like you know, because Marvel is capitalized vastly off of the idea that uh, comic movies can be fun, colorful, and for kids. Yeah. But that there is that kind of disconnect uh, where they try to get darker at times, and it doesn't fully work. I mean, like, you think of
1: like Captain America. It's probably like the only movies where like they really gone like kind of darkish. I mean, you think about when you know Bucky killed. Oh, his yeah. parents. You know, that's probably like the darkest they can get.
0: It got pretty dark with uh, <laughs> with. um... Uh, Civil War And I'll argue That Civil War Is a good movie Uh, Like two thirds of it I love Last third Like I have some Problems with Mm -hmm. And it's a good movie And it it gets in that Darker territory At least it gets into uh, Commentary With what it's talking about You know just like Is it better to have oversight Or is it better to be Independent Of you know Societies and governments If you're going to be A vigilante And it gets into The fact that you You know
1: Like you have to be Kept in check It's like no Like
0: and there's a good argument. There's good moral ambiguity there. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, though, I don't, I don't think it went far enough. Like, at the end of the day, how Civil War ends is so... Uh, it, it's so, like, non-stakes. It's just like, oh, Captain America apologized to Tony Stark. They're all good now. They'll yeah. get back together when they need to. Like, And we know they're going to get back together because it's a Marvel movie. Yeah. But at least in, like, The Crow, at least in things like... um. Uh, a blade and what not Especially the Dark Knight You get the idea that the stakes are real That things change Like yeah. a permanent change Especially
1: the Dark Knight I mean The Joker won
0: The Joker did win And that's so. the And it the, the Dark Knight had to like You know Pull out the ultimate sacrifice yeah. Like Nothing is sacred anymore You need to throw me under the bus Yeah
1: ASAP like, like Nobody needs to know what happened Like We need to keep this A secret You know
0: and, and and that's cool. Like, that is a scene where it's just like, yes, all right, this is new. Yeah. This is not something done. A lot of people consider uh, The Dark Knight, and we'll get back to The Crow, but as far as, like, The Dark Knight is concerned, a lot of people uh, consider it, like, the first, uh, what's it, post-9-11 superhero movie. Yeah. Cause, like, and, mm-hmm. and you can say, like, a lot of the superhero movies, you know, are all about a commentary on post-9-11, you know, whether or not disaster is an oversight is required like how far do people go but the dark knight was like the first or like really hit home like okay you have yeah. someone doing all this bad shit what do you do
1: about it yeah even nolan said it himself like even like when the scene where you know batman has lucius do like oh look yeah through they, all the cell phones that was like yeah. you know a commentary on fucking you know the government tapping in our cell phones and yeah our, the patriot act yeah. yeah patriot act so there's like all that political commentary and the, in
0: the Dark Knight, and and it's I'd say it's it's uh, at some points it's you know it's under the surface or it rises the surface level, mm. but it, it doesn't take away from like from what the story is all about. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's commentary. Yeah, it's just there. Right yeah. now, I, th- I think certain films like if you wanted to reboot like certain uh, rated R superhero movies or comic book movies, it would be tougher to have that commentary. Like Blade. Would be a tough one to have that commentary on Because Blade is just a self-made man who, who started out as an orphan Homeless, you know, has literally no one And then into his adult life He becomes a self-proclaimed Like badass ninja <laughs> Who goes around taking on basically A, uh, a shadow government
1: yeah.
0: of, of vampires Like, I think there can be a, um, a commentary there that's worth exploring The problem is How do you show it because uh, uh, Blade was, you know, a pre-911. Yeah. And so if you're going to show that, like, uh, the idea of a one man taking on basically what is the Illuminati, what does that represent? Because, like, he's – he is, in a sense, kind of like the disaster because he's not bound by society. He's protecting it, but he's just – he's literally a dude in a trench coat who goes out in the middle of the streets and will shoot at anyone, including police officers – Who's like in his way So mm-hmm. There's a lot of uh, uh, Of grey And dark uh, Dark greys With the character Yeah The crow is similar You know he's like Okay I'm gonna take out These dudes Because they messed up my life Yeah And, and like now I gotta Resact vengeance on them Okay how far does that go Like in a lot of ways These characters You could consider Are more like the Joker In the sense like They're the terrorists You know mm-hmm. They're the ones Who are going to Blow stuff up What does that mean though Cause like that's An interesting perspective mm-hmm. I think it's worth exploring but it's just like, that's, that, that's a tough, like, that, I think that's as far as you can go with the, the uh, commentary for the characters. Like, at that point, you're treading water. And for some people, it, it's not, like, something they want, um, you know, uh, depicted as heroic or good. Because it's just the idea, like... Just they're anti-heroes. Yeah. Definitely anti-heroes. And, like, uh, they're, 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 there's good stuff with them, you know, because it's going to conflict. But how do you show it and how far can you take it and how far will audiences allow you to take it? I don't know, like, there, there's, I think there's room for
1: it. Yeah. You know, like, okay, in the, I remember, I was, really like, reading this theory about, in the Dark Knight, like, about the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like, how he was actually the hero of what? the movie. <laughs> Because, for one, like, he took out the mob.
0: He did, and he didn't, I mean, he, he took over the mob. Yeah. He took over the mob and just decided, hey, you guys don't need money, what you need is power, so let's just take over the city. Yeah.
1: And, like, he basically brought up the Kind of like, he knew which people are easily corruptible. Oh, yeah. So, like, you know, obviously, like, one of Gordon's men, you know, workers, whatever, and then, like,
0: um... Well, he knew that, uh, the mod boss, Maroney, um, had, had sources, and he he utilized those sources Mm -hmm. to, like, their max. Yeah. And that was, that's what's scary about the Joker, is, like, all he has, he's just a regular guy... With drums of gasoline and a couple of bullets. Like, that's yeah. all he is.
1: He even said it too, like, yeah. like, what I did to the city using those things. It's <laughs> just like...
0: And it's it, it's the, the the Joker in raw form. The idea like, okay, just a guy who wanted to, you know, blow stuff up. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? What does that mean? The idea that, like, anyone can do this is frightening. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things that people need to, to understand about the Joker. The Joker is unique in the sense of his madness, mm-hmm. in the sense of how he does things, but... Uh, What he does, anyone can do. That's the
1: scary thing about the Joker. it's... Anybody can do that shit. That's... Especially to the commentary. Back to the commentary. Like, it's a terrorist, you
0: know? He's definitely a terrorist. (laughs) Like, the moment he started... The moment he burned, like, his half of the mob's cash and just declared basically his... his, uh, uh, What is it? His lawless law over the city. Like, I'm in charge. Yeah, like, (laughs) this is my city, bro. Like, like, that (laughs) is insane. But, like... Everyone in the mob followed him because he's just like, This guy is making waves. He's gonna turn us back to the old ways, you know? Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna give us a city. So people yeah. got behind that. Yeah, like,
1: he's gonna kill Batman, Do you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that was another thing, Is like when he it's a power move when he says he doesn't want Batman to die. Like when he changes yeah, his mind like that, Yeah, he just
1: like At that point it's he's in control. Because yeah.
0: at first the mob hired him, and then at the end the mob is working for him. Like mm. that transition, and it's again, it's kinda like uh, it, it's visually shown. You know, no one in the mob says, like, oh, we now work for the Joker. You'll only just, you see all the henchmen working for him. Yeah. He's he's making moves. Like, people yeah. realize he's got momentum. rest just a fucking shadow moving yeah. through them, like, <laughs> telling them what to do. And it, it is scary. It's, it's good stuff. Um, again, showing that yeah. from the perspective of, like, an anti-hero, it can be done, but, I don't know, you, you really have to have You'd either have to make the... the Like, an anti-hero against a villain is, like, a weird uh, area to, to portray.
1: And, like, you know, I feel like it, it could work. Because especially nowadays, I feel like a lot of people are into anti-heroes more. Yeah. Like, you know, the Punisher Netflix series did well. The you Punisher. know, obviously you have Deadpool. Yeah. I mean, I would consider him an anti-hero, so... He's an like, anti-hero. You know, so, you know, that worked. Um, Mad Max. Mad Max
0: uh yeah yeah i think it's something that can be revisited and there are char- like and, and with these characters you know who are antiheroes mm-hmm. the crow is definitely an antihero he does some good but you get the idea that he's just there to exact vengeance like yeah. that's all he's there for and and not in a clean way Never in a clean way. This just, he's <laughs> fucking, a bloodbath, man. So. Oh, it totally is. He just uh, when he starts killing people with the katana and stuff like that. I think he hits one man with his guitar because he's mm. carrying that around with him all the time. I, I just... And uh, there's one scene I've always wanted to see depicted on the big screen uh, when it comes to like someone getting hit with a guitar. I think if they did, if they remade The Crow, I think this would be interesting to show. It would be gross, but at the same time, it would be effective in showing like the gratuitous violence. All it is is like Crow hits like a, uh, one of the, the villains with the, his guitar, and the strings break, and it slashes the dude. Oh. Like you'd you'd have to like show it perfectly, but yeah. just like that, you know, that split second of just the idea of metal wires hitting yeah. a man's face that they would be, hurt. Well, I imagine they Like that'd be too much. Like I don't want to see that, but like at the same time, if you showed me that on the big screen for the Crow, I'd be like, that works. That's a style right there. That is gratuitous. And you that know, is standing ovationers. That's what, the, <laughs> and that represents the crow so well. Just the idea that he's a guitar player who's lost his goddamn mind. Like mm-hmm. people did him wrong, and now he's what was his instrument is now an instrument of death.
1: Yeah, like that, <laughs> that's actually well <well-pounced>.
0: put. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that's just what I'm seeing. That's just what I'm. I'm the irony in that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just amazing. <laughs> I'm glad you like. I'm not saying I could direct the Crow, but like that's the one scene I want to see in the remake of the Crow. If they put that in there, I'll at least watch it once, <laughs> maybe twice. Uh, but yeah, so this is the Crow comic book. Uh, who's, who's the artist for this? James O'Barn. James O'Barn. James O'Barn, who wrote the Crow. And then there's the movie, the first adaptation in the 1990s for The Crow. Read them, watch them both, enjoy them, people. These are really good stories. These are really good as far as comic book adaptations and movie adaptations. And if you're really just into that gothic feel <laughs> and hard-R violence, like, yeah.
1: this is all of it. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely top top five for me. Probably yeah. like, my favorite stories of all time. I
0: can agree with that. Yeah. Anyway, so this has been the Decaf Recap. This was Marcus. Shout out to Marcus for bringing the comic.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and we will catch you guys next time. Happy, have a happy Halloween. And enjoy the upcoming November.